Cat Disgusted is a show about veterinary nursing. It is not a show about how to cure your sick pet. If your animal is sick, take it to the vet. Don't be a crazy person and use a podcast to cure your puking cat, dog, chinchilla, etc., etc. I think they would tell you the same thing. If they could. Mm, which they can't. Which makes it hard. You know what's up. Take them to the vet. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Cat Disgusted, a podcast for veterinary technicians and the people and animals who love them. Each episode, we explore the best of times and the worst of times in veterinary nursing. I'm your host, Nicole Dickerson. I'm an RVT working in emergency and critical care. And this is what happens. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 31. You know what this means? Uh, my notebook that I've been keeping all this time with all like the notes from the various uh, escapades that we've covered on here is full. Like I'm out of pages. That is so... That's crazy. So uh, yeah, I'm going to start a new one. Uh, I conveniently have a gift from one of my good friends, uh, Jennifer West. She is the best. She got me this um, book with manatees on it, but it's like manatee, like these, the, like it's a picture of manatees and they're all drinking tea. So good. Um, yeah. So, so don't you worry. Um, there's plenty of blank space. Uh, a la Taylor Swift out there for me to use. So um, what we're going to do is revisit uh, one of my favorite segments that actually I get a lot of comments from people on, uh, the stupid breeds. However, before we launch into that, I do have an important personal update. Uh, remember that VTS, Veterinary Technician, Specialty in Emergency and Critical Care application I've been working on for the last year, if y'all remember that. Um, it was accepted. Ta-da! So what that means is uh, I have now been given pass go to collect $200. Well, that's not exactly true. I'm going to pay them $200 is actually what's going to happen um, to uh, take this test at the IVEX conference, which is a conference for emergency and critical care for veterinary professionals uh, happening in New Orleans in September. So I'm going to fly to NOLA, um, a total ball of nerves, not just about the plane this time, but I'm going to go ahead and add on top of that, I'm taking a big scary ass test about <laughs> information I'm going to be studying for the next five months about emergency and critical care hopefully pass that test. Uh, I, I don't think they tell you right away, which is just a th another load of anxiety for me to take on the plane on the way back to San Francisco. Uh, and then if I pass that test in September, you guys, I get my three extra letters after my name. Well, it's technically six because it's like VTSECC. So then uh, I get to put Nicole D RVT VTSECC word. Stand about 5'3", Nikki D, yeah. So uh, without further ado, how I don't want to delay the onset of uh, the Stupid Breed segment, um, but I thought I would, would tell y'all about that because I know, well, I had been waiting on pins and needles about it, so I would assume that you have, you compassionate people. Uh, but hey, let's talk about a, a weird dog. So um, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Hungarian Pooley. How much is that doggy in the window? <laughs> the one with 
that song and i'm so happy that i get to use it again um so this dog has got a look to it and actually i feel like there it's got pretty good exposure on the internet so you guys will probably recognize it so this is about a medium like small to medium sized dog like they're not very big they're like kind of like beagle sized um they're often referred to as like the jaw rasta dog because these guys are the black dogs with the long black dreadlocks so uh I'm sure you've seen pictures of them on the internet before. There's this really good one that I'm going to post on um, on the SoundCloud, which is somebody had dressed their their pulley. Well, didn't really dress it up, but they were uh, using their pulley as a mop or in a mop bucket. They put the dog in a mop bucket on Halloween to dress it up as a mop. Like, that's just funny. Like, the dog rolled around in the little rolling janitor yellow bucket with, like, a stick sticking out of it. Like, that's how dreadlocky moppy these dogs look so uh where did this creature come from well uh this is a hungarian breed so he came from the country of hungary he's a herding dog for them um i've been to hungary it's a real weird country i took this uh solo trip to budapest which is actually like buda is one city and pest is the other city and budapest is just like both sides of the river uh so that kind of gives you an idea it's already weird right but yeah i i could see how they would make this dog their national dog like i could see that one coming uh but apparently they they were they're working dogs like they've been using these dogs to herd sheep for thousands of years and they're very energetic they're very intelligent they're like the border collies of hungary and i guess the reason why um they were black was because amongst like their like herd of like literally like four to 500 sheep that one dog would be in charge of this like kind of bumbling black dreadlocky ball was really easy to spot amongst all the white sheep. So that's why they're, they're that color. Uh, I thought this was a fun fact too, that they're the plural word for Puli. So Puli is spelled P U L I, but the plural isn't Puli's or, or I don't know what else you say, but Puli. Pulises. I don't like. I was trying to think of like octopi, octopuses. So it's not pulis. It is pulik, P-U-L-I-C. So when you see a herd of pulis, which if you do, you have to tell me that you saw that and take a picture and post it on the on the, on the FB page. Um, but if you do, that that herd is a is a pulik. It's not a bunch of pulis. So, like I said, they are very spunky little guys but i think the first thing to cover uh besides their personality is this dreadlock situation that they have going on so this coat is crazy um there is a couple variations in the color like once they were recognized by the akc um there's like some differences in there but generally they're black uh there's a white type of dreadlock dog uh, called a Commodore. And that one is actually a bigger dog. And I didn't really get into that one as much. I think they they may also be from Central Europe, but they're they're actually, I have read that they're actually not as nice as the Poolies are. Like they're kind of bigger, like maybe guard dogs rather than herding, herding dogs. Uh, 
But that may have to be a separate stupid breeds because seriously, that common door thing is also crazy looking and because it, it's larger and like I, I feel like that's a whole other segment. So we're going to focus on the little black poolie. So uh, these guys as puppies, they're not born with the dreadlocks. Like they're born looking like little, um, if you know Portuguese water dogs, that's, that's kind of what they reminded me of when I was looking at pictures of these puppies, like little fluffy, little curly coats. But as they grow up, that coat begins to, those curls begin to twist on themselves and it actually takes a lot of care to maintain that twisting so that they don't become just one giant like mat because that's kind of can be what happens if you don't care for the the hair that's curling on itself I mean this is like Lenny Kravitz salon dreadlocks is most of the time what you're seeing when you see these guys on the internet or at the dog shows and originally that thick coat was there to protect it from harsh weather as it was around hurting the sheep. Now this is crazy. That coat can actually be up to three times as wide as the dog's body. So they look a lot bigger than they actually are. Uh, you know, that, that the, the dreads just kind of give it a little bit more like girth and weight to them than they actually have. Actually, weight is a good point. You know, I wonder if like when drug dosing these dogs, if like every, any veterinarian ever takes into consideration like we do for obese animals that there's like a lean weight and uh and an obese weight that if like poolies have like a like a dread weight and 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 a real weight I don't know I don't know if that's a thing uh but it can grow over their eyes uh they can they can have to wear like barrettes or like you know like have a little like man bun like like hipster man bun so that they can actually see um they can have they're prone to ear problems because the those big dreadlocks hang over their floppy ears and trap a lot of moisture in there now you don't you don't really see these dogs very often because they're just really hard to care for, you know, and unless you've got like a practical need for your pulley to herd 400 sheep, you know, it's a lot of work for just a, a house dog. So I've only met um, two of these dogs that were really done in true pulley fashion with the whole dreadlocks and the little man bun and everything. Um, this is at my first job. I always thought it was, it was really fun when these dogs would come in. There's actually, there was a, there was one older one. And then as that one got older, the same owner got a new younger one. So the older one is the one that I met first. And I loved it when that dog would come in the hospital because it was really, it was fun to, to say his name because it was impossible to tell when he came in like from a distance, like which end was his head and which end was his tail, right? But if you said his name, then the tail would wag immediately. So like I used to make this joke every time, like, oh, show me which is your head end. Show me where I stick the thermometer so I don't put it in your mouth. And then I'd say his name and his little tail would be all diggity, diggity, Oh, that's where I'm putting the, the thermometer. Hooray. Uh, so that, that kind of actually speaks a little bit to their personality, which we should talk about because they can be really fun. So they're, uh, they're intelligent dogs, you know, hurting animals like that, that are working on their own, um, serving their folks, you know, they, they have to be, they have to be able to make decisions and be smart about things. And so like border collies, uh, they, they are, they're very intelligent dogs that are, can be very funny. Um, but they're, because they want to work, you know, they want to please you. Like they like to have activity. Like they're actually these very energetic dogs. So they actually need some, some exercise and care and attention. I don't know if they're prone to the same neuroses that border collies can be prone to if they don't have a job, but I would guess they probably are, you know, and they love their people. Oh, they love their people. So, uh, in researching this breed, I ran into several notes, uh, like on the AKC breed page 
page and then there was like a Pooley fan club thing that had these notes saying that they uh, they love to be the center of attention and there are several times that their owners refer to them as comedians which I thought was really funny because this dog made me laugh every time that he came into my old job like I like like belly laugh every time he came in because he was just fun. So, you know, I think it's a it's a good thing for these guys. I mean, especially looking like that for them to have a sense of humor. Now, because they are sensitive to people and their owner's needs, um, they can make good therapy dogs. You know, they're very attentive. And so, like we said, they do need a lot of exercise and they need a lot of attention. But I think as much attention as you give these dogs, I think they give it back. You know, they, they want to be around their people. Now, the sad thing is we almost lost this breed entirely. Like they almost just gone off the earth. And the reason why uh, anyone who's familiar with Hungarian history will will know that they've been basically, that country's been invaded and stomped on by a bunch of different countries, like all throughout its history. And when I went there and I went to the Hungarian museum, like they have this, it's kind of an interesting thing. I don't, <laughs> even if I did remember the word, I wouldn't be able to say it because their language is like all run on sentences of consonants. But they have this word which means like national love and sadness. Like it's related to patriotism, but it's sadness, but pride. It's a weird thing. Like we don't have, well, maybe now in these trying times, we do have a sense of what that would feel like. But the reason why that is, is because Hungarian people love their country so much and they love their people, but they've just been like, decimated so many times that there's a sadness that's there and there's all these paintings of like um like this uh this beautiful woman kind of rising from the ashes and blackness of war uh looking gorgeous but burning to death like there's just a all, the museum is filled with that in 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 uh, Budapest which I thought was fascinating so during the 16th century, Hungary was uh, like decimated by a bunch of different people. The Ottoman Empire, um, the Habsburgs of Austria, the royal, the royal party there. And then basically everybody from Western Europe wanted a piece of the capital. So that breed that was, that was in Hungary in this small country, when, it, when all of Western Europe came in to like pick up the pieces, that breed got intermingled with a lot of different things. So German shepherds, um, French sheepdogs, other types of herding dogs, like that breed didn't stay as pure as soon as all these Western European breeds got infiltrated in there. And because of that, it got really diluted. And so that you weren't seeing purebred poolies. That just kind of wasn't a thing. And plus, you know, it's war. Like that's like the last thing on the Hungarian people's mind is, is the dogs. They can barely feed themselves and they can't worry about the dogs. So in 1912, uh, there was this professor at the Hungarian University of Veterinary Medicine. How much do I want to visit that place? Uh, but there was a guy named Dr. Emil Reitzitz. That's how I'm going to say it. But in case you want to look him up, he's uh, R-A-I-T-S-I-T-S. Reitzitz? Maybe that's how you say it. Um, he saw that this breed was really, really close to extinction, and he made it his mission to save it. Uh, he remodeled a section of the Budapest Zoo for a breeding program and also for an exhibit so you could come and see uh, the Hungarian poolies at the zoo. And what he called it was another word that I'm going to butcher, but he called it Alatkert, Alatkert, or Alatkert. Um, it's capital A-L-L-A-T, 
K-E-R-T. And uh, today they call it the foundation stock of Hungarian puli kennels that uh, uh, that exist today. So the 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 guys that we have around today, like both in the U.S. and in Hungary are all attributed to this one doctor at that Hungarian University of Veterinary Medicine who wanted to save the breed. And so um, that Allard Kurt kennel at the zoo saved the breed. And uh, they even there even that word still exists around when you're talking about Hungarian puli kennels, um, the Allard Kurt, Allard Kurt Foundation dog. So the AKC, they recognized this breed finally. That was in 1935. Um, there were, <laughs> I like this story, there were four dogs um, that came to the U.S. They came to Maryland, actually, four dogs that impressed the pants off of these USDA folks in these herding tests that they were conducting in Maryland. Because remember, these are working dogs. So the U.S. like had these four dogs over that were totally got their skirts blown up by them because they were actually good at their jobs, even though they looked crazy like Ja Rasta dreadlock dogs. This is 1935 though, remember. So just as they're getting their pants blown off by this by this beautiful breed, here comes World War II. So the USDA, they ended their testing. Uh, those four dogs were sold to professional breeders because the USDA, that government entity had to move on to other things. So it's actually thought that all of the U.S. Uh, all of the USA's poolies not only descended from the the Allotkirk kennel because that's where these guys came from, but the ones in the U.S. are all descended from the four dogs that were tested in Maryland for their herding capabilities. Ah, uh, now we're getting a little bit into our stupid breedism, right? Because four dogs. For an entire bunch of kennels, all the poolies in the U.S., mm, that might be a little problematic, right? So anyway, poor Hungary. Um, they were totally stomped on during World War II again. Um, there was barely enough food and medical supplies for the people, let alone dogs. Um, it's actually really lucky that the poolie came uh, to the U.S. in the first place, uh, to Maryland in the first place, because... Without it coming to the USA before World War II, I mean, it'd probably be extinct by now without that. And how, what a bummer for Mr. The, Mr. Dr. Pooley Saver guy with his like exhibit in the zoo and the people coming to see the Pooleys. Like that would have been really a bummer to have the Pooley go extinct after that. But because they came to the US, there was a population that was here. Uh, but the Hungarians though, they love these dogs. So, you know, after they recovered from the war, the kennels came back. Um, they probably came back with considerable help uh, from the USA's poolies because we had them here now. So by the 1960s, you know, that breed was back. Like its pre-war numbers in Hungary um, were the same as they were in the 1960s. So they brought that doggy back. Like as, <laughs> they, they love that little guy. So um, he's still there. Like there's very much so uh, Puli kennels that are in Hungary and, uh, and the AKC as well. They've got those dogs shown in the U.S. So he's in both places. Uh, now this, this guy is, uh, he's pretty hardy. This, I mean, well, hardy because of like all of that history of his poor country getting stopped on. But even though he looks so unusual, the, the working dogness of it, 
made it so that these these dogs are pretty healthy dogs. Like I know we had a little bit of trepidation there when I was like four dogs gave us all of the poolies. Because uh, that can kind of be a little wonky. Remember the Pekingese? I don't know if you all remember the Pekingese with those four dogs from China and they are totally screwed up. These guys, a little bit different that because of the uh, the need for them to be healthy as working dogs, they actually get the weak ones culled out of the breed because, you know, you can't have working dogs that don't work. Like that's just not a thing. So when they were uh, when they were bred to herd the sheep and do their jobs, um, the the people who were using them actually did cull the weak ones out of the bloodline. And so the Pooley dog is relatively healthy compared to other purebred breeds because of that. Well, did you hear that? Oh, it's Prince. There's a cat outside, and my cat Prince is kind of well chasing him around. So if you hear any kind of bang, 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 that's because there's a 20-pound cat falling down the stairs trying to chase a cat outside. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, a healthy purebred dog. What? I know. Kind of crazy. With dreadlocks. Uh, I will say uh, that both of both of the poolies that I met at my first job um, had problems. They... They both had kidney problems. Now, I didn't read anywhere that poolies were prone to kidney problems. So it may have been just a fluky thing with that particular breeder. That's entirely possible. Um, but I did think it worth mentioning because I think this is this is eventually what took these guys out. You know, the the first guy, the one um, who used to come in, the older guy who used to come in, I'd say his name to tell what end to stick the thermometer in. Um, he had bad kidney problems that we would treat for years. And boy, let me tell you, learning how to give sub-Q fluids on a dog that's covered in dreadlocks, that was a learning experience. That's <laughs> some good Tekken right there. Um, it's like, it's really easy to give it intra dread. <laughs> Believe me, that happened a bunch of times. But so that guy, uh, yeah, that guy had, had bad kidney disease that eventually took him out. And then this same owner got a new puppy. And when I met the puppy, he still had not dreaded. He was like pre-dread. Uh, so he was just kind of fluffy. Um, but I remember on his blood work that we ran in the first, you know, year of his life had elevated kidney values. So I don't know that I can really attribute that specifically to the breed of the Pooley. In fact, I know that I can't, but I can anecdotally tell that story because I do think it says something about generally the breeding of pure breeds. And that's something to be cautious of, something to be careful of. Um, it's a risk with any kind of purebred dog that we have these problems that kind of can persist throughout the bloodline. So that being said, uh, I'm fascinated by these dogs and I highly recommend Google. If you're feeling the darkness coming, if you're having a real crap day, just Google image Hungarian Puli and they've got these fabulous pictures of poolies doing their herding tests, like doing their agility type testing. And when they're jumping over the hurdles or like running up the ramps and down or whatever, it's just this gorgeous fanning of almost like a perfect sphere of all those tailored Lenny Kravitz dreadlocks, just all fanning out all at once. And this just happy pink tongue poking out as it in totally relishes in its agility herding skills dreadlocks a flying
Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Cat Disgusted. Hey, if you've got another breed you want me to cover, let me know. I'd love to take suggestions. In the meantime, we celebrate the Hungarian Puli. They made it!